0: Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here.
1: welcome back to another episode of chats in the blog cabin you know the show where i invite people virtually into the blog cabin to chat about life and today we're talking about our thoughts and how our thoughts can control how we feel what we think our health our wealth our relationships and i'm so excited to have donna campbell with us and she is known as the mind whisperer and uses thought form um, energy healing as she works with clients internationally in her private practice including their health their wealth and their relationships So welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about yourself
2: before we talk about into what you do. And thank you so much, Melissa, for having me here. I love your show. I'm just going to say that (laughs) I absolutely do. Um, In addition to um, what is considered mind whispering, just like horse whispering or dog whispering, I have the ability to help shift and change energy and frequency within a person to align and match that with their thought process to create results 100% of the time. Um, in addition to that, I'm also a best-selling author. I have a book called Financially Fit, and I have programs that come from that. And I'm also a professional speaker, so I go out on stage sharing these tips, these techniques that I use with everybody to create that change as well. So those are the three areas I work in.
1: So how did you go from being a financial in the financial world to this
2: thought process to this mind whisperer? Yes. Um, When I was a financial advisor and a managing principal of an investment firm, I was responsible for $500 million of other people's money. And during that time, I had two small children, I just had my second child. And my health started to break down from the amount of stress, and the worry and the pressure. And after two years Doctors in the medical community were not able to figure out what was wrong. So I turned to natural healing and natural medicine. And that was when I uncovered I couldn't digest food. And I remember the person I was working with, she said, well, there's something in your outside life that you can't digest either because you're not digesting food on the inside. And within a month or two that uncovered naturally. And that was the anger I was processing through my body, through my life experience and the infidelity of my marriage, which was completely hidden to me. So I left the marriage that ended and I was honestly starting to become happy for the first time. So then 40 pounds of weight fell off of my body within three months. And I knew that there was a mind body connection. And what happened for me was I moved to a spiritual living community called an ashram to start studying physics and brainwave patterns and meditation and what all of this had in common, which was me. And when I left a year later, I was unemployable in the financial services world because it was the global recession and nobody was hiring. But that was a gift in disguise. It really was a blessing because I decided to dedicate my life to this healing path which allowed me to be home with my children instead of the corporate world that was taking my life.
1: A lot of people are leaving the corporate world to, like you said, be at home, to go into these like mindset changes and mind shift shifts. Now, did you, you said you were like, the, you controlled $500 million. So did you, the,
2: mm-hmm. of course, you probably had some economic downfalls from that. Right. That fluctuated a lot. And that was other people's money. So if you added up all the value of the offices, the states and all the clients that were under me with my financial advisors, that's how much money that was being managed in the area that I lived. And at that time, I was in the state of Idaho. So I wasn't even in a really populated state. And still a large volume of money. Yes. Wow. Wow. I got to know you probably had
1: a lot of anxiety dealing with other people's money, like whether or not you're going to lose it, whether or not that probably
2: added to your health issues as well, right? That amount of stress, the worry, the pressure, not only answering to your client, but answering to wall street. And during my career at the investment firm that I was at, I joined them because they were all about middle-class America and helping them get ahead, which was what I was most passionate about. I grew up near the poverty line in Silicon Valley. and I was so passionate about helping people have opportunities for them and their children that I didn't have. That's why I chose to become a financial advisor. And what happened during that time was the investment firm changed their focus from that, from middle class America, helping people to we have to answer to Wall Street now. And that just totally changed the entire company and the industry. So all of that added on. And then not only was there's the stress, there was anger in the financial services world. When I was an advisor, it happened during 9-11. And then the stock market mm-hmm. closed. And I got to deal with all of those phone calls going, I'm sorry, the stock market's closed. I cannot get out your investment. And it was closed for like a good week. So mm-hmm. that was telltale sign so imagine all of that energy coming out to one person plus the stuff happening in my personal life my body didn't have a choice but to say enough and that was oh gosh about 15 years ago and i haven't looked back since
1: now i know you probably had a lot of naysayers like when you went and studied in ashram and stuff like that like people were like oh she's lost her total she's lost her marbles she's you know (laughs) i can imagine what some of the things they said how did you
2: ever come back You know i decided that other people's opinions did not need to influence me my choices and what i wanted to do and that was when i learned that happiness was on the inside not outside of you and if i was happy there and i was studying i got to live my life the way i wanted to i got to learn how to focus my thoughts clear my own energy space I got to study physics, I love physics, and everything in the energy world is actually based off of physics, and people don't realize that. Um, I was truly happy, so it didn't matter to me a whole lot of what other people thought because I was doing what was right for me. And what happened as a result was not only for me, but for my children, it gave a really good, strong foundation Around mindfulness. They went to the school that the ashram had and they would start their day with yoga and meditation and set the tone for the day. The skill sets that we're trying to learn as adults today, my children had. So today they're very empowering adults. They go after what they want and they are very um, mindful of other people and they realize that they grew up a little bit differently because they had this mindset from when they were little, little of how to be in virtues and not necessarily live in anger or or frustration or I have to have the next thing because they understood life in a different way. So how old were they when they went with you? Oh gosh, Um, when we were at the ashram, they were four and eight. What a great basis to kind Mm -hmm. of let them learn how to deal with life stresses. And today they're 17 and 21. So, wow. My 17 year old, she's finishing school online. She did a college course and became a certified nurse's assistant. So she works full time with the veterans hospital plus finishing online school. And then my son, um, he's engaged to be married. He's gonna be 22 soon. And they're both um, active in the US Army, in the military. And um, they're getting their college education and their training and their skill sets that way. So they're very productive people um, because they learned that while we went through this process. And then they watched me in business. And because I got to be home after I transitioned, they got that as well. I just love that. Now we need to take a brief commercial break, but we will be right back.
0: Chats from the Blog Cabin. Subscribe. And don't, don't miss, miss the next episode. Chats from the Blog Cabin.
2: Enjoying this episode?
1: Leave a review now.
0: Do you feel betrayed by life, your body? Or by someone that you love? You are not alone and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it. I know after 23 years of marriage my world was shattered when i found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years i lost everything that day my identity my worth and the future i had worked so hard to create while it was a long and arduous journey back to myself today i know who i am what i want and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see, know, and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplish or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything. Life choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts, and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to NakedSelfWorth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past, reclaim your sexy, and start re-choreographing life on your own terms, so you can love and be loved for exactly who you are most authentically
1: are. And we are back. We're talking, that kind of goes along with what we're talking about, thoughts, our thoughts and our healing. Now, energy healing is something that I hear a lot about, but I'm not really sure about. So let's talk
2: about energy Mm -hmm. healing and what that means. Okay. Your subconscious records everything as an event from the day that you're born to the day you exit this earth. And it's constantly assigning feelings and emotions to those events. Now, the problem is our awareness level is only about 10% of this process happening. Scientists measured Albert Einstein's brain, his awareness was 10%. Well, I'm not Einstein, but that's a good round number to have. So, 90% of the time, what is happening is we're not knowing the feelings and emotions that got associated to events. And that subconscious creates a pattern, an operating pattern for us, for our behavior to come from. It's automated, it just happens. So when then what happens is then when we ask for something, say we wanna create more money, then everything we do, it just returns frustration. Well, that frustration got stuck in an event, likely in childhood, that is preventing you from having the more that you're asking for. So frustration is not in alignment with abundance, prosperity, and asking for more. We need to change that. So energy healing for me is what Nikola Tesla talks about, which is if you want to know the secrets of the universe think in terms of energy, vibration, and frequency, because in every moment, every vibration, every frequency exists, every feeling exists. It's just that frustration, for example, got stuck as the frequency and it repeated the pattern. So when we change that to a different frequency or a different feeling, often what you needed as a child, say it was to feel appreciated or valued, then that whole process changes and then you're appreciated and valued instead of frustrated. And then when you ask for more, more money, doing what you're doing because it's appreciation and value feeding that, then it happens because that's more in alignment with you're asking for versus the frustration so energy is just vibration and frequency there's a fuel behind our thought that allows the thought to come into existence and often we ask for things it doesn't happen because the fuel we're putting in in that 90 percent doesn't match what our thought is and that's what i do i shift that energy so how do we shift our energy though well I do teach how to do that through the Financially Fit program, but one of the very first steps that you can do is to make sure you have awareness, awareness of how you feel. So I set a timer on my phone, and every couple of hours when it goes off, assess how you feel. Am I happy in this moment? Do I have stress? Am I in worry? Is there anxiety? Or you know, do I have peace and balance? And if it's those lower emotions and feelings like anger and sadness, then we know something needs to change. So the very first step is having the awareness of how you currently feel moment to moment. Because as I mentioned, we're only aware of it happening 10% of the time. So we have to increase our awareness of how we feel because that's the energy we're sending out, which magnetically attracts back to us. And that's why when people talk about the law of attraction, your thoughts create your reality. True, but there's an energy behind the thought that is really magnetizing that to you, which is the law of magnetism. And if you don't know what that energy is, you won't be able to know to shift to change it. So the first step is increasing the awareness. So like you said, you don't know what the energy is. So there's people
1: probably listening and watching that are going, this is kind of like a woo type thing, you know. Yeah. So how can you tell? Like obviously, I've always heard that if you put out positive thoughts, positive thoughts are going to come back out, come back to you. If you put out right. negative things, all the negative things, you're going right. to notice that. So first of all, it's like pretty much noticing what's going
2: on around you. Yes. Correct. Yes, it is all of that, and yes, you can put out positive thoughts all day long. Will it program and reprogram the subconscious? Yes. Maybe if you held that thought three to 400 times a day for the next three months, because a positive thought, I'm rich and abundant, that's a positive thought. We expect that to come back to us. But if you feel less than or a lack energy inside when you say I'm rich and abundant, well, the less than and lack energy is gonna come back to you, not the richness and abundance, until you change it on the inside. And then when that happens, when you think I'm rich and abundant, then you are rich and abundant. And it happens. So how do we take what we
1: think and what we feel and make them in the line align together? Right.
2: Right. That is the art of mind whispering. (laughs) (laughs) So once you have awareness of how you feel, if it's not how you desire to feel, we know it needs to change. So maybe you set your timer and it goes off three hours later and you're like, wow i've been sitting here i'm paying my bills and i have lots of stress for example well we want to know the opposite of what stress is so stress not a very good feeling inside the body so then maybe the opposite of that for you might be peace and we want to shift to peace so what we can do then this is another conscious way of making the change without going through the whole process of how to go back to the original event To make the change there is when you breathe in, you're breathing in the good oxygen that the body needs. But when you breathe in, you're also going to breathe in peace. And when you breathe out, we breathe out the toxins and the things we don't need. So you're going to breathe out stress. So a really quick conscious exercise that you can do to change yourself physiologically, at least on a temporary basis, is breathing in peace, breathing out stress. And when that happens and you do it for a couple of minutes you go back to your task you're more in a peaceful state than a stressful t- state you have more focus you have more clarity you have more um direction your task happens faster than what it was before and it's just that conscious awareness so you got to understand how it is you feel and where you want to go or the opposite emotion that you want to feel and then you can just use the breathing exercise there to start. Um, otherwise, it's going through the whole process, which would take an hour or so to, here's the emotion, where is it located at in the body? What's the originating event? What did we really need? And to uncover that um, takes a little bit of time. What's interesting working with clients is you'll ask, well, how does something feel? And they'll describe the whole thing without everyone saying a feeling word. So understanding what feelings are and how to feel is very, very key. Because they'll say, oh, no, it feels good. Well, what does good feel like to you? Describe feeling good. What is that feeling? Because you want them to feel it energetically inside because that's how you get the internal change is when you really, truly feel the emotion that you're saying. So how
1: long does it normally take a person going through this um, to decide to start feeling the positive, to start realizing and being in touch with their feelings.
2: Right. Um, Each person's gonna be a little bit different because it's all based on perspective and awareness. The very first time that I learned this process, I learned it through a medicine woman. And what she had me do was she had me tell my story of growing up in poverty as if it really happened. So it kind of came out as a factual documentary And then she had me repeat the story from different points of view. One was from a place of comedy because she thought if there was a life review at the end of life, you might as well go laughing. She had me say it as a sad, tragic love story. She had me say it from a place of richness and abundance. And then the last time she had me share it was from a place of something greater than me that created me. And then that became my pivot and shift story because I understood a truth greater than I had ever imagined. So instead of going through telling the whole storyline throughout the years, I've learned how to, through meditation, internally change that within myself, within others, to get from the poverty to the richness and abundance, and then the, um, you know something greater than you created, whatever that feeling is, to shift and change it. So the very first time I learned how to do this, it took me a, an entire day and then it was practice of how do I feel in this moment and then recognizing anytime I wasn't in this natural joyful blissful state then something needed to change did I have a hundred percent awareness all the time no but it built, and the more that you're in the lighter emotions and feelings the happiness the joy the peace the balance the more you recognize when you're not in harmony And then when you recognize you're not in harmony, that's when you know you need to make a change energetically.
1: A lot of times when you're not in harmony,
2: it comes out in physical symptoms as well, correct? It does, because that emotion over time will form density into the body. So for me, when I went through my health issues, what happened was it was the emotion of anger. And after so many years of that anger, it destroyed my entire digestive system. Because when I was eating, I was eating out of anger, not out of happiness or joy. And so I was putting that emotion inside. And it happens all the time with our physical emotions. If you're in sadness, loneliness, and grief, eventually it will condense down. And the body, for example, not 100% of the time, but much of the time, you will have pneumonia or some other lung issue or breathing issue because you've been holding all the love inside. So physical symptoms do happen. For me, when it switched from anger to happiness, 40 pounds came off of my body, my digestion repaired, and I'm able to eat and process the nutrients that I need. If I'm not, if I have a moment of anger or a little bit of anger to this day, my body's so sensitive, I don't digest my food as well. And I have to go take some enzymes and some things and understand what I need to shift and change about the situation for me.
1: Wow. It's amazing what your, our brain can make our body do as well, not only because of the movements, but also the
2: way it makes you Like people say, you eat your feelings as well. Mm-hmm. You do. You are what you eat, but it's not the food that you're eating. It's the emotions that you are eating. So let's talk about some of the tools that people can use to, like you just
1: talked about meditation a little while ago. What are some other things that people can do to try to change their
2: thought process? meditation is probably the key to it because of the physiological change that happens in the body because what you're doing is you're altering your brain by patterns. Now, meditation is not sitting there trying to go, oh, I have to go into no thought and you're oh, and, and all of those things that we see out in, in the world because it's really about how the brain is working. And if you can do any exercise that will focus your senses, With your brain, it will naturally put you into a meditative state. And to give you an example, I learned this from a Buddhist monk. He had us stand up and walk in a circle for a walking meditation for about 20 minutes. We had to focus on being very mindful about how far in front of somebody we were, what was off to our sides, the person in front of us, what we were thinking about as we walked in the circle. And then he sat us back down and said meditation is not something that you do it's something that you become mm-hmm. and it's a way to live so it's not that you're going to do this for five or ten minutes a day this is a state of being to be in naturally and it all had to do with the brainwave. it pulls you out of the higher beta brain into a theta brainwave, and it gives you the peace and the calmness and the balance that's needed to go throughout the day we're not meant to live in frustration and anxiety and depression. And when he talked about that it was a way to live, that was when I decided to move to an ashram, which was the spiritual living community to uncover meditation as a lifestyle. And so you can be in a spot like here, I'm talking, you're listening, we're partially in the theta brainwave, but we're also in theta and alpha brainwave simultaneously as well, because I'm still in a meditative state because I'm focusing my senses. So meditation, there's many different types of meditation for different things that you can do, but it's really about focusing your senses, like the breathing exercise. You are focusing your breath on a particular activity, so you give your brain something to do to clear it, to invite the new energy in. There's different ways and different exercises that you can focus. You can focus your sight, you can focus your voice, which is what people do with chanting you can focus your hearing and you can focus your thoughts but focusing the thoughts are a little bit harder to to not have as many so we give the brain an activity and it will put you into a meditative state so how long did it take you to get into a meditative
1: state once you first started learning because some people say i tried it it's not for me because i can't get my mind quiet things aren't quiet around me i just can't block things out you know because they're
2: not open to it right how long did it take you to do that in the very beginning before i went to the ashram um i would put my children to bed at night and made sure they were in bed by 8 9 o'clock and i would sit for as long as i could which was usually half an hour to an hour they say just breathe focus on your breathing and let your thoughts go and i practiced that over and over and over again and i would stay as long as i could and to actually get into a meditative state it would take me that entire time to get there over the years with practice, with different techniques that I know how to do to focus for me today. Here I am 15, 20 years later. All I really have to do is just take a deep breath and I'm there and I feel it in my brain how it shifts and changes the energy. And I'm just there even for a moment. And it happens that fast anymore. Um, Oftentimes, because I've done those exercises like the breathing one, when I first started that a year ago, it would take me about 15 minutes to get into a meditative state. Today, it takes me about three minutes. And I go so deep that sometimes I think I kind of fall asleep for a moment or two and then come back out. And that's a deeper theta brainwave, which is where you wanna be every single time when you start doing that. And that's the meditative state you need to be in. So if I really am good at it, then just a couple of minutes because I'm focusing my brain to give it a task to do so I can go into that brainwave pattern wow
1: Whew. that's just something because I mean I try it and uh, my daughter can do it but I I can't get my mind still I guess it's because of the mom brain that I have all these different things going on in my life that I just can't shut off you know so it's 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 tough but
2: I think What you're saying is practice, practice, practice. practice. It's a practice and it's a daily practice. I remember one time I had one time five children and about four of them would stand between the kitchen and the dining room and they would get into this interaction and I would just have complete frustration and I would get mad and upset. And then one day I realized I was the only one mad and upset. So I went and I put myself into a timeout. And I remember I was walking into the bedroom and I was gonna go into the bathroom And I stopped and I went, children always find you in the bathroom. So I went into the closet and shut the Mm -hmm. door. Nobody knew where I was. It took them about a year to figure out I was going into the closet. But what I did was I sat down in that emotional energy and trying to get into a meditative state. And I would start, oh, I can't believe the children, blah, blah, blah. And it took me 40 minutes that first time to get into that meditative state. And when I did I don't even remember what they did and why I was frustrated. And then it happened again a couple days later. All right, I'm going to go into my closet. And I did it again. And it took me maybe 30 minutes. And then it took me 15 minutes. And then it took me five minutes. And then there was one day in the kitchen dining room area. They had their interaction and I just closed my eyes and took a breath and I was there. They did not feel the energy of frustration as an emotional charge coming out of me energetically. And instantaneously, they all stopped because they didn't get energetically what they were used to getting from me. And they were just needing attention in a different way. And it stopped. And from that day forward, it never happened again. Not once. Because my energy changed and I did it in the moment with them in the room. Did it happen overnight? No, that took me about three months to master <laughs> doing it in the moment. But it was a persistent practice. And it was just keep practicing and doing that because eventually it will become.
1: Yeah, you mentioned several times about being in the ashram. Um, what was that like? Was that, I, it totally had to be like a total shock to your senses when you walked in and just Because I know a lot of people think, oh, well, she did that. Oh, yeah, she probably went and saw one of these hippie goats and all this stuff. So let's talk about the the stereotypes
2: that are normally surrounding that and what it's actually like. Um, I chose to go. It was in the United States, and it wasn't anything like what we would have thought or expected, at least where I was um, in the U.S. It was vegetarian, and I knew that before I went. And I practiced becoming a vegetarian for months before, because I do eat meat occasionally. And when we got there, it was about the lifestyle and what they were teaching, more about the vibration and the frequency. So we had community days, um, they were called Seva days, where we all got together and worked together as a community, whether we were working in the gardens or repairing the, um, the facilities or whatever it was we would have the times that we would go to the temple and they were teaching us how to meditate and how to focus your senses in different ways through Eastern philosophies. Um, They had different ceremonies and rituals and things. Um, But while I was there during the day and the times that I was not doing community activities, which were all voluntary, you did not have to do any of them, Um, I was free to go work. I was free to go explore. I was free to study. I was free to do whatever I needed to do for me, because it was a kind of like a year of inner healing, like a sanctuary for me in the Portland area, Mm -hmm. but I was free to go do that and explore. So I did their teacher training program. I learned a lot about how to work with children and how to empower them versus enabling them. Um, I did a couple of their other programs that they did to help learn the meditation, but I had complete freedom to understand for my own healing journey. Most times I think people think you have to wear certain outfits and you're on your hands and knees and you're scrubbing the floor. Not not where I was, not where I was at all.
1: So it was basically just a community that embraced who you are and wanted you to become a better person, not Oh, yes. you need to give me this X amount of dollars and you need to give up all your worldly goods. You know, like, like you see a lot of times when you see, I hate to say it. A lot of people think when people are going into these types of communities, they're thinking cults or not thinking about anything else. But nope. that that is yeah. the pretty much yeah. the stereotype. But yeah. the way you're talking, it was like it's just a community of people that
2: were encouraging to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we still had TVs, we still had computers, we still had everything. Um, I did scale down from a 2,500 square foot home to a 900 square foot space with two children because you couldn't keep everything there. And so I did do that, but I got to create the lifestyle that I wanted to have. We were still free to go to the movies. We were free to go shopping. We lived as normal, except we were there together for a common purpose to, like you were saying, accentuate each other, allow each other person to be authentic and to be mindful of the person's spiritual growth. Absolutely.
1: Now, what happens when problems would arise or people would, would have conflicts? Was there
2: ever any conflicts there when you were there? Not a whole lot, really, because everyone was living fairly peacefully. There was a spiritual director. So if something did arise or come up, then you would go and talk with them. And a solution would be worked out if there was. But very, very rarely did that ever happen at all. So, so it was basically peace, love, and
1: and work on yourself and encourage others. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you keep talking. I'm going to go back to meditation again. Would you be willing to do a, a brief meditation for those that are watching, those that are listening?
2: Sure. Absolutely. We can do that. Um, Do you want to, I can either show you one that you can do with your hearing, or do you want to do one that has the breathing exercise in it?
1: Whichever one you think.
2: Okay. Um, All right. I'm guided to do the hearing one only because oftentimes when we go into meditation, our hearing never shuts off Mm -hmm. and the hearing can pull us out of a meditation. So what I'm going to teach you and show you how to do is how to focus the hearing with the meditation, so then it'll just drop you into the meditation there. So what I naturally do, I just close my eyes, I take a couple of deep breaths, I always breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth a couple of times. And what this does is it just relaxes the body, puts you into the parasympathetic nervous system And then what we're gonna do when we focus our hearing is you're gonna listen to all the sounds that are closest to you. It might be your room that you're in. It might be in the room next door, but listen to all of the close sounds that you can hear while taking your deep breaths. And you just pay attention and have the awareness of all of the close sounds. And then the next step is to listen to all of the sounds far away from you. Are they in your home? Are they in your office building? Are they on a different floor? Are all the far away sounds the streets below? Are they four blocks away? But try and hear as far away as you can while you're taking a deep breath. And then from here, you can listen to your normal range of sound that you have, taking several more deep breaths. And then what you start doing is you just alternate between listening to things close to you and listening to things far away, and then your natural range of sounds. And you just keep the focus there, paying attention to that. And as you take those deeper breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, listening, pretty soon you're not aware that you're listening. You're just in the deep breaths, breathing in and out of a natural flow state. Each person might take a little bit different time to get there. Some people will be a few minutes. Some people might be 10 or 15 minutes to get into that state. But by focusing on what you're listening to and just paying attention to the noises will help keep you in a meditative state. So when you do meditate and you hear a noise or something and you're not startled um, you know that you can tune it out or that you can, oh, pay attention. Somebody's, you know, needing assistance in the next room, but stay focused with your breath and it will keep dropping you into that state. Now I'm watching you, Melissa, and I know that you're starting to go into that meditative state because with your eyes, your eyes and your eyelids will start to flutter just a little tiny bit. They start to move and that's because the eyes underneath are moving and that's the start of going into REM, which is rapid eye movement. And when that starts coming into play and you can see it or feel it, you know, you're starting to drop into that meditative state. Now I'm not too sure how much time was on the counter, but that might've been a minute and a half, maybe two minutes of you getting into that Mm -hmm. state. So let me ask you, how do you feel now versus before the hearing exercise? I feel a lot better, calmer. I think this is the first time that it's actually worked yes. for me. Yes. And of course, you guys were paying attention to my voice when I was talking while you were listening to the close sounds and the far away sounds. But what we're doing is we're just doing an exercise to focus the brainwave patterns. And then it drops you into that meditation. And you were starting to go there. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I opened my eyes and I started asking you questions because if we went any deeper, you would be like sleeping off. <laughs> <laughs> how you <get>
1: <laughs> so how often do you do
2: you talked about you you do these workshops you're a professional speaker how often do you do that So the workshops I've been starting to put out every uh 4 to 8 weeks for the financially fit program and all the speaking events are in between so I have some things coming up uh, Here in a couple of weeks at the end of August the first part of September and then I have two or three events a month while every two months or so the program is there I'm teaching the financially fit program digitally first and then I will move that to live teaching as um, the environment keeps opening up while we're going out on the live stage yeah what impact has COVID had on you You know, it was interesting because it didn't impact me where I was living here in Montana as greatly as it did the rest of the world. And I was teaching a lot, but live where I lived and that changed, so it went to online teaching, which I didn't enjoy as much, but I've learned how to do, but my speaking shifted from live to digital. And now we're going back from digital to live and now we'll probably end up in some hybrid situations. What I did for me was I took a lot of time for myself. I went kayaking a lot. And then I did more meditations to uncover and to see how to focus my own energy to create my next layer of what I wanted to do. And that was when I finished writing the book Financially Fit last year. It published uh, this year. It went into publishing last November. So I took those couple of months to do that and then i designed the programs for it and so i just focused and directed my energy differently so as now the world is opening i can take these truths and share it with the world so it didn't impact me in the same way as a lot of people what it did was it allowed me to focus and to expand what i was doing And with my clients, that's exactly what we worked on, was how to expand your business during this time to not have that impact.
1: Now, what kind of clients do you work with? Because I kept hearing that you work with the ones that
2: are business, but what other kind of clients do you work with? I love to work with anybody who is heart-centered. And it doesn't matter to me your issue, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritually. Because for me, the process is the same, but I do love heart-centered people because one, the healing takes place; it's in the heart. My business name is The Healing Heart, and that's our feeling center. And of course, we're always working with our feelings. And my logo is a heart, but it's also with a the theta symbol because the heart is the feeling, the heart, the mind. If you're in the meditative state, you're in a theta brainwave, so it's all about heart-mind coherence. And when that comes into alignment, you get change 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. The second reason why I look for people who are heart-centered, whether it's just for themselves, their family, or maybe they want to affect change in the rest of the world, they want the world to become a better place, or they want to be of service, or they want to be in the virtues and have understanding and compassion and generosity. And it's those types of energies where the healing takes place. Maybe they want to live in gratitude and not So the people that are ready, willing, and able to make those changes or want those changes because something inside their heart center is saying it's time, that's who I absolutely love to work with. Whether it's a physical level of dis-ease, maybe it's something in the wealth abundance business category, or in relationships. Um, A lot of people are looking for love in relationships, whether with their soulmate or rekindling something with their spouse or maybe a child relationship that they have. For me the process is the same because we are going through aligning the heart with what you're asking for in the mind and when you're ready you just know
1: wow so our time is almost up can you tell people like where they can find you at because i think a lot of people are gonna like con- just for the sound of your voice and the meditations like do you have meditations on youtube or insight timer or headspace because i know
2: for that i would probably tune in for that Yes, I do have some meditations on YouTube. You can also find them on my website. And my website's just my name, DonnaCampbell.com. And if you do look under online courses, I think it says, then it there's a drop down that says meditations that has my meditations that will drink, link you straight to YouTube. Um, one is how to instantly create in five simple steps, thought form creation. There's a training video that's about 16 minutes long. And then the meditation is only five or six minutes of how to instantly create with your thoughts. And that's one of my givebacks. I went on depression and anxiety, um, all kinds of different categories, and I'm continually recording and putting those out there. And those are some of my givebacks that I just share with people, um, on that but donnacampbell.com is the easiest way. The other way to get in touch with me is you can type the word manifesting, to 26786, and that will directly link you to not only my website, but a consultation that's complimentary with me, my Instagram, my uh, Facebook page, anywhere in social media, it's a direct connection there. So, the word manifesting to 26786 is the other fastest way if you're in the United States. I love
1: that. The fact that people can text because a lot of people, that's what they do. They don't get on the phone and talk anymore. They text each other. Like like with my daughters, it's like, call your sister. No, I'll just text her and see where she's at. I'm like, exactly. what? That was not what I asked.
2: <laughs> exactly. But yes, we yes, we're always texting, yes.
1: donna thank you so much for coming on and for sharing and for being willing to do a meditation because i did not send that out with the talking points i was just like you know the more and more you talk i just felt like people would would resonate i know it resonated
2: with me so thank you so much for being brave enough to do that face to share that and i don't often get to do that (laughs) so with others and to share that piece so thank you
1: so guys um I will put all the stuff in the show notes and in the little caption where you can find her at, where you can text that everything else. So you don't have to worry about jotting it down real quick. Um, It'll be up here. And so as always, I want you guys to be blessed and most importantly, keep chatting. And thank you again, Donna, for coming on.
2: Mm, Thank you for having me, Melissa.
1: Bye guys.
0: Chats from the blog cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.